Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Interesting things to look at. The market week is done for the week and markets are closed on Friday in observance of the Good Friday holiday. We're going to take a little bit of reaction to the USDA report. Ethanol still has a stronghold on this market. Um, some artificial negativity being talked about in the trade. Russia and OPEC. Where are we on this deal? Now that stuff just continues to develop as we talk. As we're going to bring Aaron Bertels into the conversation. Aaron is with Cross Roads marketing and I think first and foremost everybody's been watching what's been happening between Russia and OPEC and how that eventually is going to have an effect on our trade yeah it seems like the the sources have have been mostly accurate and you know anticipating that those two sides between Russia and Saudi Arabia wanted to get a deal done you've seen some back and forth comments of you know Russia coming out and saying that Putin has no plans of having this call and, and all the other stuff that's gone on but it did take place. Um, it sounds like they did have an agreement. And then you and I were just talking off air, you know, just a short time ago. It sounds like the deal that they had agreed upon, which is, you know, 11 million barrels a day to be cutting, um, is being held up by some of the smaller producers that are involved in OPEC. So this is obviously a huge thing that could, could really sway, uh, you know, ethanol and the oil markets in the short term. It's an artificial thing that's taking place where they're just – pumping so much oil um, that we're artificially pushing the price down, which is in turn, obviously, you know, taking its toll on ethanol and ethanol plants and uh, all the stuff that we see out here where things are slowing down and shutting down and uh, force majeure. And uh, we really need this to, to happen. It seems like the bigger players want it to get done, which typically means it will. Um, the U.S. has kind of stayed out of it other than, than President Trump having some conversations with uh, the leaders of Saudi Arabia and Russia and, you know, some of them had made comments that they'd like to see some of the groups like the U.S., like Canada, who are outside of OPEC uh, be involved in this, too. And I'm sure some of that will be brought up in the next G20 summit. Uh, but we really need them to take the first step. And hopefully this can come through here today as as it was scheduled to do so. This ethanol market has and will continue to have the struggles. I mean, with everybody sheltering in place for the most part, the driving isn't taking place as we've had these conversations, you know, the last week and a half or so. But now we're seeing even more effects on the market. Yeah, there's certainly short term and long term issues here, right? The short term being... If they could get a deal done, at least we don't have that added pressure of the extra oil on the market that we simply have no need for, even if things were were moving like they normally were. Um, even if traffic was moving like it normally was, this would be way too much. Then you have uh, the, the longer-term issues of how long are we going to be shelter-in-place in most states, you know, how long are people not going to be venturing out, how much less gasoline and, and those things are going to be used. How long does it take ethanol plants to get back up and running again if the oil price does get back up to its level? What kind of funding are we going to have for those places to get back onto their feet? So there's a lot of short-term you know, issues that could help us, but then longer-term things that we just don't know when the end is going to be. And yeah, had ethanol you know, the last two weeks just getting killed as far as production goes. I mean, you had... Uh, numbers that we've never seen before since they started taking these uh, uh, number or giving us these weekly numbers back in 2010 and this was mostly expected by the market so fortunately you didn't see 
you know, uh, big downturns in the market because we've already seen them based upon this. But uh, yeah, this is something that's hard to outweigh even with the exports that we've been seeing for corn the last couple weeks. You talked about uh, some artificial negativity that's in the market. Does that tie back to what's been happening with OPEC and Russia? Is there some other influences that are filtering in now? I think it all starts there. I think it all started with the, the oil problem that we see in front of us. You've had, I mean, if you think about the, the bigger picture here, really the virus and those types of things hasn't had that much influence on the grain markets. You know, there's been some because of China and their inability to kind of keep things functioning, but that's probably been the biggest part of this is, you know, China was off the market for a while. Other than that, it's been oil and the, you know, the oversupply that we've seen that's put pressure on our ethanol markets and really driven the market down because of that piece. Because other than that now, we are seeing increased demand for corn. Uh, soybeans are still lagging behind, but they had a little bit better week this week. And it's not typically the time where we'd expect them to see uh, a lot of exporting business. We still hope for that to come. But overall, the oil and the issue with ethanol has been by far the, the main factor in my mind. So looking at the the factors, and we had a USDA report that came out. It just seems like it, it flew by the re- radar, and we moved back to what we were dealing with before the report. Yeah, I take it as a little bit of a positive today, whatever positive you can take out of it. I mean, it was it was not a friendly report, but the market acted like it was anticipating that, right? It was it it got negative information, increased supply because of, you know, lack of demand, lack of um ethanol use and 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 those things that we already have known. And the market kind of took it in stride simply because it's played a lot of that in. Now, what we don't know is how long and how much of that has been played in. Things can get worse, right? If we go forward like this and we go through another couple of months of this, it's certainly going to. Unemployment was a huge number again today. You know, roughly 10% of the population now um, is seeking unemployment benefits, and that's going to rise as we go forward here, uh, at least for the next month that we know of, uh, that we're not going to be back to to whatever normal is. So we just have some of those things that are still going to be weighing on us economically as we go forward. But the bright spots are the market didn't take this terribly uh, negative today. And the other side of this that you just have to wonder a little bit about is commodities do look somewhat valuable right now. You know, their price is is low. And the longer they, they stay at an area like this and don't want to go down, it's certainly a safer place right now than what the stock market is knowing that unemployment is going to do nothing but rise over the next couple months. Stick around, folks. When we come back, we're going to continue to talk about the happenings of this market. Look what's been going on in the livestock side as well. It's a flat now final bell. Work. I'm Susan Littlefield as we uh, continue to look at what's been happening on, on the grain side of it as we continue the conversation with Aaron Bertles. DDGs, I mean, we've talked so much about the ethanol from a fuel perspective, but I wonder when is the worrying really going to pick up on these DDGs from a livestock perspective? Yeah, and I don't know all the math that would go along with this, but you know, DDGs have become a very important you know source of protein for for all of those guys. And you know, I doubt that. And this is where I I, I hope I'm not speaking out of turn, but with corn, the price it is right now, that's certainly a place they could go, right? As far as you know, being able to get uh, their needs fulfilled uh, in that you know space. So. 
I don't know if it's a huge concern for them at this point because of that, but I certainly could see uh, because of what DDGs have become, you know, ethanol maybe ended up being, you know, the, the byproduct of this, you know, you'd have to change a lot of things there, but uh, they've certainly become an important source for people. And I know a lot of places had them bought and aren't going to be getting them now because of ethanol and what's happened there. But I know that, you know, with corn being priced the way it is, that's probably not cattle producers or cattle feeders biggest concern at this point. One of the thing I saw that I didn't really know about was some of these ethanol plants and their production of carbon dioxide for, yes. uh, freezers and facilities um, that need a lot of uh, freezer space. Uh, I think 29 of 40 some plants that actually produce that for sale have been closed down at this point. Um, you know, it's an interesting thing. I didn't, I hadn't known much about it, but you know, that's something that sounds like right now isn't a huge concern that they think they can find avenues to get it. But you, know, you start seeing more and more of those close down if this doesn't get solved sooner than later, and uh, that would be a, a a really big impact. Well, and it goes into the into the livestock business as well as we had talked uh, last week during the Fontenelle Final Bell. Is some of these processing facilities utilize it as well? Yeah, and so it's cause for a, for a hiccup from there. Um, before we finish into the rest of the livestock, I was reading: Did China make some purchases or talk about making some purchases in the overnight? From the U.S. Of livestock? No, of of well, I'm trying to figure. It was on the a grain comments about raising some expectations of imports overnight. I didn't see any specific things. I could have just missed it today. Um, you know, I, I was focused more on just the huge number of of corn uh, exports that we did see. So my expectation is that there was some some buying from them through that space, just because of how much bigger uh, that number was than what the even the or the uh, inspections were. Um, early this week, so I would expect they did at some point. I do not. I do not know about the overnight, though. Okay, so we jump over to the rest of the livestock side, and I was hoping, as as we had been talking um, earlier yesterday, that I would love to see three days in a row of higher cattle prices. Well, at least we got it on the nearby for April live cattle, but that pendulum just swung right back the other side again. Yeah, it really, you see so much rhetoric on this today. And I know you had a, a big call last night with a lot of people being able to voice their concerns just with, you know, the way that this whole thing is operating. You know, is it even, is the futures market even providing uh, the cattlemen with a place to um, be able to hedge his commodity in a, a way that actually makes sense and, and does protect them? Um, you know, it's certainly it's certainly a, a question that needs asking with how much volatility you see there now. Has the speculation just run rampant enough? And what clear connection does it have to, you know, packers and everything that goes on there? And I think that's the bigger question. It's not necessarily the futures market. It's the, the cash side of things and, you know, where the difference is between, what a producer's getting versus what's being sold from a box standpoint, right? That to me is the bigger question. The futures market still gives you opportunities or has given you opportunities to do what you need to do. You don't need to participate in the volatility of it, right? That's that's something you can choose not to do. The cash side though is where you don't have any choices, right? That's the place where they tell you what you're gonna get. I mean, we saw some of this this summer with corn. While futures seemed low, the cash market was doing the job it needed to do to make prices fair, 
right, based on need and supply and demand and where corn was going. You know, we saw better prices this last winter for cash corn than we saw all the winter before. But futures prices weren't that much better, right? So that's where, to me, the disconnect is at this point. So is a three-day holiday weekend that we have in front of us going to be good or bad for this cattle market? Probably bad. You know, just I don't I don't say that because of going up or down. I don't have the answer to that question. But, you know, this is a big reason why they don't want to shut the markets off with everything that's going on anyway is it, it doesn't slow down volatility. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you, Aaron? Yeah, and just give me a call at 402-309-3171 or email me at abertles at crossroadsml.com. And that's the final, final bell. Reminder, commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss are not suitable for all investors. And the Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all of your local Fontenelle dealers right here on the Rural Radio Network.